But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Oh, God. There we go, I fixed it. <laughs> Stupid buttons. Hello, everyone! <laughs> and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining us, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Your co-host, Julie. Hey there. Your co-host, Torsten. Torsten. Hello. <laughs> and your co-host, Jacob. There's coffee in that nebula. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I never get tired of that line. It's probably like one of the best lines of the whole show right there. So it's so sad they blew it early. Uh, was, was feeling Star Trek mostly just looking at the the, the, the the footage. Anyways, let's carry on. Uh yeah, folks. If you're curious, we're to uh, this week we're going to be talking licensed games. So on the background of the stream, I've got uh, the quote unquote classic Star Trek game, Star Trek Legacy, streaming back uh, there. Uh, it's not sure. classic. It's not good it's it's just i thought this would be a fun example of a not so great licensed game but this this topic was uh thorsten torsten's idea i'm sorry torsten and so torsten could you uh could you talk to us about how you came up with the idea like give us like where did this idea come from and then we'll get into the actual discussion uh well it's pretty simple uh if you look if you look at the uh the uh general uh, 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 let's it's, it's the general IPs that, that are taken that uh, you see that it's always uh, the big three I, I call it the big three uh, it's mostly Star, Star Wars Star Trek and Warhammer 40k mm. and uh, the quality of the, the, the uh, games especially the AAA games is sometimes a bit questionable in 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 my opinion mm. and uh, there are so many other uh, uh, ips that, uh, that that could be uh, that could be used uh, i see right now uh, obviously a uh, 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 babylon 5 for example uh, or uh, there, no there are, there are so many other ones uh, that, that could be taken and, and nobody takes them and, and i wonder why and it just want to chime in it's a real shame that that babylon game babylon 5 game they had back in the day um what was it called was it called let's find her or something like that there was a gun no there there was an actual one coming out i got to play it at e3 in 2000 it was being made by um i think the folks at sierra if i remember correctly that's right it looked pretty good and yeah, it was what what I played of it. It was a very early build, but what I played of it, I believe it was two thousand, um, was really good. And then it just kind of went, <laughs> just like nothing, nothing, nothing came of it. Um, yeah, so there. That is a really good point. There are a lot of IPs, tons of great IPs out there that you're like, why isn't this a game? And so uh, I think we all have some in our heads as to what we'd like to see. Torsten, why don't we 
start with you since this was your idea. What is an IP that you think would make a great video game? Oh man, I've got so many, and I I, I concentrate on the books. Uh, okay. Let's start. Let's start with with the military uh, science fiction one. The uh, Honor Harrington, Honor Honor Harrington uh, series uh, by David Weaver. Uh, oh, on Arrington, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, uh, there are so many, so, there are so many things in this in in, in the series uh, which would make a good game. Uh, the kind of warfare, the, the kind of space warfare, is, is completely different uh, uh, from from other uh, uh, from other uh, 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 space war. Uh, uh, IPs, I, I think, uh, with all these rolling ships, uh, rolling their, 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 their shields in the direction of, of the incoming fire and, and, and so on. And that, that's just one example. Uh, another example would, would be, uh, that's not especially a, a, a space game related, but it's uh, the uh, Hammer Slammer series from, from David Drake. That's a futuristic uh, tank. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, about it, a mercenary tank regiment, and uh, this would make a pretty good uh, game too. But nobody, even even not uh, nobody, has taken up the IP. Not even they they were not even a mods made for this. Yeah, that and, that is uh, that is a good point. That like. No one has even made mods. Like, there's plenty of Star Trek mods out there. It, yeah, there's plenty of Star Trek mods out there. It's not like there's lack of fans of things like Hammer Slammers and Honor Harrington. Now, Honor. interestingly, there is a mobile game for uh, the Honor Harrington series. Is there? Yeah, I wanted to mention that. Yeah, they, they made it on uh, Android, but uh, it's unfortunately very pay to win. And, oh. and not yeah, that great. Yeah, it's the usual. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tie-in that is an unfortunate, uh, an unfortunate. It's one of these. Of its, yeah, exactly. It's an unfortunate casualty of its platform. Uh, hmm, that's sad. Another one is uh, is a topic of of role-playing games. Uh, the last. Uh, Traveler game we we got uh, that was, uh, I mean. 30 years ago or something. Traveler? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a few decades. <laughs> what, for the role-playing game, there hasn't been a new Traveler installment in a while? Oh, several in, in between. Oh, wait, are you talking about, like, there were, are there were Traveler video games where there hasn't been one in a while? Is that what, is that what no, you're there, saying? There hasn't been, there hasn't been uh, one in a while, but uh, in on the pen and paper... Uh, 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 topic. Uh, they, they still, they, uh, they, they were still, uh, there were still several versions, and uh, there was a GURPS, uh, GURPS traveler uh, version in, in between. And uh, currently, is is Mongoose pu- publishing? Uh, I mean, the one that uh, holds the uh, holds the license. And uh, I really don't know why uh, uh, Traveler was was never uh, taken up anymore. In between, 
Oh, were those Mega Traveler well, games? Sorry, were those Mega Traveler games from the eighties? Was that trap? Was that Traveler? Is that that? Yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, yes. I was never hundred percent on that. I played one of those. Those are pretty neat. Those are pretty neat. Back in the day. It's a fascinating universe. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, that's a universe that's that's completely uh, uh, completely done in in a way. Yes, uh, uh, and it's logical. Oh, and, and uh, I see uh, in the chat somebody mentions uh, Starfire. Uh, originally, uh, not a novel series. Uh, it was a board game. That's another. One, that's another one uh, for uh, uh, an IP uh, that, that's more or less dormant. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, as I said, it, it's a it's a board game. It's pretty old. It, I mean, uh, I think it was in the early eighties or something. Wasn't wasn't there wasn't the Star General based on a book? I think. Yeah, I think it was a fleet series. Yes, if I remember that correctly. Because that was also David Weber, if I'm remembering correctly. I think. Oh my god, my brain. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there were like how many Hunter Harrington books have there been, and Hammer Slammer books have there been? There've been a lot, right? There've been a lot, and it's it is surprising that there is no video game coverage of either of those. Really, I mean, they're not that complex. Like I've I've I read the first Hunter Harrington book a while ago. I don't know why I haven't read subsequent books but like the space battles are pretty good but nothing like too complicated so let's see why they couldn't be made yes no lost fleet you wouldn't need freaking 15 newtonian physics engines and and how to calculate light delay and all that other nonsense you know what that was going to be my suggestion (laughs) lost fleet yeah (laughs) Uh, okay that's in my too (laughs) well the issue with that would be, as I've just said, you create either something that is untrue to the spirit of the series or something that requires as much overhead as DCS World in terms of how much stuff you have to process in order to play it. I'd do it. I'd, I'd it, probably. If, if they made a, a, a Lost Fleet game that was as button mashy as DCS and you needed to like deal with, you know, light minutes and crap like that. I would, I would, Oh my God. I don't know if I'd play anything else. <laughs> I mean, it would be the sickest thing ever. <laughs> Maybe that's why they I haven't done it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, uh, yeah, but I, I imagine there will be exactly two people that will play that. And that's us two. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe you might maybe be three. right. <laughs> okay, three, three people. Okay, three. That's three. That's exactly three people. But if we gave them enough money between the three of us, maybe they would. <laughs> we might get something out of it. Yes. <laughs> we just... that, and at that point, I feel like we'd better off be play, just playing Aurora 4X. Oh, just, oh God. Just, 
No. It would just be Aurora 4X, but with no. a license at that point. No. Oh. no, not that. Please, please not that. Anything but that. Oh, God. Oh, I'd rather take the comfy chair. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. No. Um. Anyway, uh, Torsten, do you have any others? <laughs> Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Well, give me, uh, give me a couple more, and then we can we can circle around to some of the other people, and if we have more time, we can come back. How's that sound? Because I want to, I want to give everyone a chance. I want to give everyone a chance to uh, throw their hat in the ring. You know what I mean? Pretty, pretty good. Uh, another thing, another thing. I've, I've noticed a lot of uh, of the older stuff, uh, Silver Age uh, uh, things. Uh, the uh, the IPs like Dormant or are in the public public domain, and uh, uh, just just as as uh, as an example, nobody did a proper Starship Troopers game. Uh, I mean, there's one coming out like next year, so no, that's not a proper Starship Trooper game. Uh, that's that, that's, proper. Uh, more like the books and not uh, based on the movie. So that would be the the board game versions. There have been two. uh, One that was uh, released in, I believe, the late 70s. And then there was another one that was based off of the movie, but still pretty good for its time. Yes. See, I thought thought of the one uh, from the late 70s by by Evelyn Hill, if I remember correctly. And... uh, Oh. It's strange Sorry, it's strange yeah. because they converted so many Avalon Hill games to the computer. You know, they converted quite a few Avalon Hill games to the computer. Why not that one? Uh, they didn't convert to the, the, the Dune game either. They had a Dune game? They've, there have been actually Dune multiple did. Dune games. There oh. have been multiple Dune board games that were never converted. Oh, I wonder why. I wonder if there was a licensing thing or something. You'd think those would be popular for... I think there'd be a lot of crossover between fans of the board game and like, like they made they made Renegade for God's sakes, uh, which is a board game. They made that on the computer. Why not bring over these other properties for God's? I don't. It's so confusing. Well, a lot of it comes down to licensing rights because mm. they've got the license to make one adaptation, and that's all they got. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, that's usually how it works with board games. It, they get they get one licensed board game. That's it. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit sad. Uh, another example I would bring up, uh, which is would be pretty ideal for 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 a computer game for several computer games is uh, H Beam uh, Piper's uh, Star Viking. Uh, sadly, not not very well known today anymore. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a first for me. You have to. I've you have I've to also explain what it is. Yeah, I've also you never, never heard, heard of it. Star Viking. No. Oh, okay. Negative. I I I, I put a uh, I put a link in the in the uh, chat later. Said uh, you said you've got to to then uh, you can see it for yourself. Uh, well, uh, as I said, it, 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 
it's it's a pretty good background that was never made in 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 in, in any game. The only ones I remember of are, uh, are the uh, the third iteration of, of the Traveler role playing games that uh, that took the concept and uh, there was also a board game in the early eighties. But that's that's all. Uh, so what is what is uh, tell us about the property itself? Uh, it's mostly about an an an, an, an empire war uh, that has fallen down, uh, and uh, some adjacent uh, worlds that. Uh, didn't lose all the technology or so uh, are starting to rebuild the, the, the empire again. And they start like the historical Vikings and uh, and uh, uh, start raiding those, those uh, also sterile planets. Interesting. <sighs> I'm a bit surprised you've never heard of that before. Uh, what's it called against? It's, it's, it's not Star Vikings, right? It's, it's... Star Vikings. Still, uh, only Star Vikings, the Star Viking. Okay, there's so many. Okay, I'm look. I'm trying to look it up, and there are a million things called Star Vikings. <laughs> like apparently, there's a book. There's a book series that. There's a book that came out in 2014. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Star Vikings book series. God, I'm not finding that. Um. I mean, it's not. I don't like believe you. I just. I'm. I, there's so many things called Star Vikings. Dear Lord. <laughs> like there's a there's a game called Star Vikings that's on Steam right now. Um, but it has nothing I'm sure it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. <laughs> sadly it's sadly a sadly a slightly El Generico name. Yeah, I the the first thing that comes up is a book from this series called Extinction Wars by Von Hepner. That's called Star Viking. That's like the first. That's like, that's like dominating Google. <laughs> that came out in 2014, so that cannot be what you're talking about. Yeah, link it to us later because I am not. This is wait yeah. a moment. I'm searching for the link. And no worries, we'll come back. We we can circle back to that. Um, so Spaz, let's uh. Let's let's uh, get you get, get a suggestion from you. What uh, what's a property you would love to uh, to see made into a game? Well, I think it, this one is uh, it's criminally underused, but also because the the original property was canceled. Space above and beyond. Oh, you took another one of mine. Damn it! <laughs> it's like we completely share interest in media. <laughs> God. Anyone listening to the show would probably already know exactly what I'm talking about, and it, it needs no further <laughs> exposition as to why it should have been made into a game property. That could have been made into multiple oh. games. It could have been made into a Wing Commander-style game. It could have been made into a first-person shooter. It could have been made into like a Space Harpoon style of game. You- Command? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have had yeah. multiple games based on that IP, but... It's not all at once. That's not going to work out. Please. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. God, because 
I was even mod for 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 armor. Yeah, I'm. I was waiting for the like. I loved that show. I watched it when it was on, and I didn't realize it wasn't getting any viewers until like they announced it was canceled. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, um, because the issue it had is it was Battlestar Galactica before Battlestar Galactica was like ready f- before the viewers were ready for it. I guess. Yeah, I think Corridor you're right. Was ready. That, that, yeah, I think that I All think right. you're right. I, yeah, because like. As far as the genre of like hard ass military sci fi, like it was very much the progenitor, but the big one was uh, second, it was the re- was the remake of BSG. Yeah, Which, and this, ki- this I mean, ki- both were great shows. Yeah, but this I'd came out of season two. BSG is not worth the effort, but that's besides the point. No, I'm with you uh, on that. I'm with you on that. Like, <laughs> a- after they leave New Caprica, they should have just stopped. They should have just stopped the show. <laughs> <laughs> been done with it. Stop. Yeah. We're past the good part. Still downhill from here. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Space biggest- Love and Beyond has a lot of... Actually, that is something I'll mention later uh, related to it. Because it's, because it's a similar genre. Actually good Aliens games. Mm. Or, or like an actually good... Oh, or yes. like specifically an actually good Colonial Marines game. Gearbox. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have a personal vendetta against Randy Pitchford for a variety of reasons. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, so for similar reasons, because you know there's a lot of variety of that. Like we had the great, we had great horror games. Alien Isolation is really good. Uh, oh yes, but like Aliens: Colonial Marines was terrible, and then we had like Fire Team Elite, which was a Left for Dead ripoff, which was underwhelming. Didn't didn't they? Okay, fix- it was, the colonial didn't they fix the colonial marines games though not enough for it to be fun enough for uh, it to not be abjectly horrible because like fixing colonial marines to full would involve just making a new game it brought it up to average is what uh, yes it brought yeah, it up to average we played it once and we enjoyed it but we were never like we have to play this again we were just like okay <laughs> It wound up wo- woefully underwhelming while also being in development for like 15 years or some insane uh, number like that. It had a lot of potential, but it's a shame yeah. about that one. But like, and, and like, you'd think a horde shooter about Xenomorphs would, be di- would not be difficult to make, and we got Fireteam Elite, so it can be good. But, but going back uh, to Space but, Above but, and Beyond, like, they yeah, had a sorry, very. Yeah, no, no, no. They had a very interesting alien race in that one that we. Barely got to know, and and that that could have made that could have made for really intriguing video games. Where we might have gotten to know more about that alien race, you know. But it never. Oh. I'm still angry about Space Above and Beyond. I'm still me too. Me too. I'm okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's gonna get me excommunicated again. I think I'm I'm more angry about Space Above and Beyond than I am about Firefly. No, that's fair. That is not okay. unfair. No, that is not unfair. <laughs> Knowing what we know now about Joss Whedon, especially. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah exactly. In hindsight, <laughs> it's not necessarily an unfair statement. I don't even know what that I, I don't even know what that is, and I don't think it's relevant to the convo, so I'll ask so I'll ask about that later. But uh, it's but it's not unfair. Uh as much as I love Firefly, I think I think as a long term show, you could have done a lot more with the war setting of Space Above and Beyond. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
uh, uh, considering, well, we, we we barely got started by the time the show ended, as oh far as I remember. God. I know. I, I mean, yeah, the war wasn't over. <laughs> it was over for those characters, which, again, still angry. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so... Um, now I want to watch the show again, but I can't because I know how it ends and I'm just so... And you're going to be mm, mad forever. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So. But, but that's a, Spaz, that's a really good one. Sorry, go ahead, Jacob. Uh, well, I'm wondering what else to say because as far as like licensed games, I'm from the country that produced The Witcher. So <laughs> obviously I am, I, I have an interesting perspective of seeing both a lot of good and having played a lot of terrible ones. Uh, a bit of like a bit of history because I played both uh, The Witcher three and uh, which was you know excellent and a lot of the like dodgy licensed games that came out in the mid two thousands like the James Cameron's Avatar which was which had all the effort in the wrong places I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, Wait, was there an Avatar that, game? Yeah, and it was. It, it had a mountain of like a chunk of the film's budget put into it, which, you know, was a hell of a budget. Uh, really? I don't remember that at uh, all. And it came out, it was a rather mediocre third-person shooter, honestly. Oh. Like, it had some cool ideas, an actual branching path storyline. Well, okay, it had a single branch at the beginning, but it still counted as a branching path storyline. And for a licensed game, it was ambitious, but it turned out in terms of gameplay to be a rather underwhelming thing. Some people actually suspected it was supposed to be an MMO, but due to it requiring even more budget money that was thrown at it, it was turned into an underwhelming third-person shooter. Yeah, you think think of the contrast between that third-person shooter I've never heard of that was based on a property and the Riddick third-person game that was uh, first-person. Oh. But yeah, was holy that first hell? Yeah, like yeah, Assault on Athena was first-person. It was oh, it was good shit. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really was good. Yeah. Like, it just amazes me how you can throw a, a, so much of a budget at a license like Avatar and come up with something apparently me- forgettable because I don't even remember. You know, missing And then you have something with a much shorter, smaller budget, but made by apparently more passionate people like the Riddick game that just does a much better job with its license. I mean, it did enough a good enough a job to warrant a sequel that was also really good. Yeah, exactly. My lord. Um, like, because of licensed games, I've noticed it's it's kind of an interesting pattern in that the way you, the way they seem to best work is you give them to people that know the setting and want to make make something good with it, and then you leave them alone. I think the I think, and maybe this is another topic. Uh, the leave them alone part. Is so important <laughs> because, uh, a because lot of, a lot of these games and movies and whatnot you hear that do really well, they were left alone. Like D Space Nine, I'm gonna bring that up for a second. They did D Space Nine. One of the reasons they did so well is because the people who were in charge were like, eh, "You guys do what you want. We're gonna focus on Voyager." <laughs> and D Space Nine turned out better than Voyager. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, but like, in addition to specific, like, because I mentioned Witcher Three because it's really good. But the reason, but one of the, maybe not one of the reasons why it turned out great was, well, okay, honestly, one of the reasons why it turned out great is because they had two games before it to practice because game one was honestly not as good as people, like, 
It's good because it's part of the Witches series. On its own, it's rather underwhelming. It's a mm. mid-shelf like RPG that's just gothic one, but worse. But to summarize, Witcher 3, like the actual author of the book went, all right, what's a video game? Uh, okay, cool. Like, hand me over like 2,000 like bucks in cash and you'll have the license. Now, sort of. And then he was extremely mad because, you know, it became a multi-million dollar franchise that he could have made he could have made absolute dosh on and he did through like advertising basically but uh oh he like sold the rights away yeah he sold the rights like he sold the rights oh. away for a flat fee he did not he did not ask for royalty because because oh, he didn't no. know what a video game was and never thought it anyone could ever oh, bother with it oh no uh, and then later on he tried to sue cdpr and the lawsuit went nowhere because lol the contract lol the, because you know the contract said you hand over to Grant, sold off. Oh no. <laughs> your, your very signature is on is on the is on the fact that you don't want any royalties. You ain't getting any royalties. Oh God. Uh, well, that's his mistake, and he gets yeah. to live with it. Except he's not yeah. complaining too much because uh, his books are all, have also made millions and uh, have actually gained international fame as opposed to just domestic. Plus yeah, the Netflix sure. series and the Netflix animated movie. Uh, which oh, yeah, are those. Both good. Which are and both really, did. really good. And he smartened up for those. He did actually ask for royalties. Yeah. So, uh. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you should also mention that uh, CDPR, a uh, very well respected CIP. Uh, uh. If you read the books and uh, uh, take a look at the games, uh, they are surprisingly clo uh, close together. Uh, you, you, it you, gets yeah. better with the further ones in. Like them switching Siri to a redhead because uh, because horny Americans will like her and that's verbatim. Uh, I don't know how yeah. I feel about that. <laughs> but yeah, they did yeah. typically get better the more they went <laughs> along and the more serious they realized, oh crap, people are actually going to play this. Uh... But on the other hand, I uh, like one of my favorite. I don't want to say it's licensed; it's a licensed game because it legally isn't. But uh, the Stalker series, actually, they are based oh, on. That's a difficult one for me. <laughs> Why is that? They are based on a film called Roadside Picnic, which oh. is based on uh, most likely a film based on Roadside Picnic with the same premise of. The Chernobyl of Chernobyl explodes. There is now a zone of fancy, fancy sci-fi nonsense. Except in the first first game, there's like aliens. Sorry, the first book there's like aliens or something that didn't carry over. Yeah, right. Uh, why didn't I just say Metro? Metro exists. <laughs> Metro twenty thirty three. Oh, is that? No, I want to, want to that... go back to, to. I want to go back to the to the Stalker uh, series. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, go ahead. I've. Uh, I've uh, I've seen the movie and uh, uh, from the early eighties I, I think it's one it was one of the, the few Soviet movies that uh, that could be seen in the West and uh, uh, it was more about aliens and uh, that's a, that's the reason why I've got uh, some problems with the, with the games uh, because uh, they are more in a Chernobyl setting and. Uh, I don't know if that was a good decision, in my opinion. Uh, to base Stalker on, like, in what way? What what decision exactly? 
the original roadside picnic novel and, and, the, and the movie where uh, about aliens uh, just stopping by uh, and uh, and leaving again and and then uh, people would go into the zone and and, and look for the, for the trash uh, that that the aliens left behind and the title yeah and then uh, stalker proper like focused more on the whole chernobyl cold war secret experiments thing yeah I mean, that's fair it's a different premise i mean they don't even share a name so it is arguably fair that the premise is a bit different um but i'm actually wondering if stalker would have been better or worse with aliens actually i guess without Ooh. aliens because they don't show up at that point they're gone i feel like that's, that's a discussion for later i feel uh <laughs> Before we gish gal- before we gish gallop our way into into minutes one hundred and twenty six, um, so what I like what what IPs I would like to see licensed properly. Uh, okay, so since we can move off of space games, since we've mentioned most of the ones I wanted to, uh, I would probably go into. I find it that that games on the licensed IPs do better if the IP is more open towards uh, like actual interpretation. It has more stuff in it when it comes to world building. Because if you're just do- if you're just playing a game based on a film and you're just replaying the film, uh, replaying the film um, as the it's video game, that's it's repeat. It's very constraining. Yes, exactly. You don't have However, you don't have as much to expand upon. However, we have Star Wars as an as an IP franchise that had a lot of stuff. Uh, well, f- from you know Knights of the Old Republic to Empire at War to pretty much a game in every genre, and most of them were pretty good. I mean, still getting games. So, in terms of stuff we'd want to see more, that's not on the list because uh, I feel like we actually kind of have enough. Uh, but what else is there? Good Star Trek games are certainly an option. Uh, like the best one we got recently was a mod for for Sins of a Solar Empire, Star Trek Armada Three. Yeah, it's, it's Star Trek is really, in terms of video gaming, really just turned to garbage. <laughs> it's such. A, it's, it has the big issue of okay, the Star Trek Online, which took a long time to get decent. It started off on a bad foot. But the issue, of course, with Star Trek is it's a game about exploring and seeking out new life and new uh, civilizations. And games are bad at, like, interaction that isn't just shooting things. That's very true. That is why the one good Star Trek game we remember is Klingon. We remember is Klingon Academy. Because <laughs> you're playing the Klingons. What do they do for a living? Shoot things. And stab things. But no stabbing in that game. <laughs> yes. Uh well, in the, vid- the wash- I mean- in the movies there are, in the videos there are, but not in not in your part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think we missing like we missed Julie out of like people who haven't said anything yet. So uh, yeah, and I had I had at least one more. But Julie, did you have an IP that you would like to see made into a video game? Yes, I have three. Oh, okay, the, go for it. The, the first was mentioned briefly, and there's more to it than just the first book. Uh, and the first time I read the book, I was in the military and we were on maneuvers in the desert. So you can guess what the book is. 
and that is Dune. And uh, I would say that at least No Man's Sky has the giant worm part nailed down. That's a start. Um, but there is so much more to that series and more books than just that. And like the race of beings that bend space. But I would like to see something based not just on life in the desert, but that's my first choice. My second one, and I had completely forgotten about the game because it was so incredibly long ago and the internet was only five years old at the time. And, uh, I'm, and I'm guessing our host Brian thought it was a great game, but now what I think back on it, I thought it was kind of forgettable, but that's probably because, you know, now the graphics are so dated. It's like something you'd play on a watch. Um, but that is the neuromancer came out in 88, but there's a lot more to William Gibson's work and there's the whole sp- Brawl trilogy, uh, Neuromancer, Count Zero, Mona Lisa Overdrive. And I'm not just talking about the whole cyberspace part of it. I also am enthralled by the artificial intelligence, which was like a citizen of Switzerland. And part of that is actually set in outer space. Uh, and my third choice is probably one I selected because it's probably not a really popular work, but I like steampunk and uh, we are now uh, out of outer space. So, uh, and the book was called Bone Shaker and it's a book by Sherry Priest. And the whole premise of the book well, Bone Shaker referred to this giant drill, but because of the drill, half of the city of Seattle is was destroyed. The whole city ends up being uh, walled in, and it's very much a uh, kind of a zombie thing, but it also has a lot of airship combat in it. So that was my my three choices, but especially... I like the whole Neuromancer thing, and and I completely forgotten about the Neuromancer game. And I said, yeah, I played it back in college because it was an old DOS game. But I think how much more can be done with the works of William Gibson? So uh, those are my three choices. Those are good choices. I never played that um, that that game that the game of um, called Neuromancer. Neuromancer. Yeah, I yeah, never, I never played it. I just remember seeing it on the shelves back I, in the day. I completely forgot about it because it was just, it was back when I was in undergraduate school in 1988 when dinosaurs roamed the earth and, uh, and uh, the internet was only five years old, and so that's why I that I, I guess I've become spoiled by modern graphics and. Uh, when I look back on it, it was kind of a half-hearted tale, uh, uh, telling of the Neuromancer books by, uh, Neuromancer and, uh, the rest of the Sprawl trilogy. Uh, and there was so much more to William Gibson, just the Neuromancer. The closest we came was... Uh, that it was based on Keanu Reeves and, and Johnny Mnemonic. There was also there was also a Infocom text adventure where you played the AI. I can't remember the name of it, but it was really good. I can't remember this. Yeah, the other two books were Count Zero, 
uh, and uh, Mona Lisa Overdrive, which was one of my favorites. In that vein, there is a, a game that recently came out, and I was a Kickstarter backer on that one, so full disclosure, uh, called Game Deck, where you are a detective who jumps between virtual worlds solving crimes within that happen within those worlds. And you have, you have this, um, uh, kind of a dichotomy between doing stuff in the real world and doing stuff in the virtual one. And the virtual games are in all these different settings. So the setting can change based on the case you're working on, but because you're a detective, you do have to ask the right questions and look for clues and solve the cases. And it's really good. It's really, really good. What but I it's think, very much in that vein. What I think is interesting is the, the Mona Lisa Overdrive book is technology has finally caught up to the book. And what I mean by that, there's this character which is sort of an AI. Um, the, the character's name is, is Angie Mitchell. And, uh, but there's this character which is like this ai superstar and now you see the technology exists so that we see star wars movies where the first time i had seen a character by someone who was long dead i said wasn't that person dead how did they in another time when they did a star wars movie with a young luke skywalker and it's to the point now where uh, Val Kilmer, who no longer has the use of his voice, they can have a computer that sounds just like Val Kilmer. So I think it's interesting that the Mona Lisa Overdrive story, the technology has finally caught up to the story. Hmm. It reminds me of the new um, iteration of ABBA. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but <clears throat> ABBA is reunited and they're doing a new album and they're also doing a new concert. And the concert is going to be entirely 3D, 3D generated constructs of them in their prime. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's I've seen that. Really raking in the nostalgia, I see. Hey, hey it, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I, freaking, I freaking love Abba. Respectable. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, it, it reminds what, what Julie just talked about reminded me of this, this computer generated Abba that we're going to get a concert of. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but uh, what year is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, the game I was trying to think of uh, that rem- that what Julie was talking about reminded me of is called A Mind Forever Voyaging. It's a uh, 1985 Infocom game where uh, you play the uh, world's first sentient computer, and it is great. <laughs> it's it is so great. <laughs> And it is, it, it'll make you cry if you play that game. Oh my God. So the other one I was going to bring up, uh, it's a fantasy series. It's a fantasy. It's, it's a mix of fantasy and alternate history. It's called the Temeraire series. Um, if you haven't heard of it, it's basically the Napoleonic war, uh, with sentient dragons 
as each nation's air force, basically. So like England as dragons, France as dragons, um, and they use them in battle. So you just want Panzer Dragoon. That, that's fair. That's respectable. <laughs> is, that yeah. what, is that what Panzer Dragoon is? I've never played I, it. Well, I've never played it. For the most it. part, it's a... It's a like a Star Fox style shooter where you roll up where you roll up on people on a dragon. Uh, it's basically it's basically a dragon arcadey flight uh, flight game. Oh well, That's the, the theme of it. Well, these the dragons are so big they're kind of ships because they have rigging and crews and and uh, okay. So now that's a. That's a scale up from what I was expecting. Yeah, there. yeah, they, they can get really, really big. They can be as big as ships, and they actually in the universe have giant ships that can carry the dragons from one place to another because they get so big. Um, but yeah, the the game the the books focus on this uh, naval commander. He, he's commanding a frigate, but he captures a French ship, and on that French ship is a Chinese dragon egg. And the egg hatches and totally imprints on him. So he has to leave the Navy and join the, the, the air force basically. Um, and it's, it's a great series. It has a distinct beginning, middle and end that goes along with the actual Napoleonic war. Um, and it's a really great series. And I can just imagine like command, like having kind of a turn-based like air combat, uh, game with dragons with crews and boarding because there's boarding and and you're fighting you're also shooting at ships. Uh, the dragons Honestly, each the, the dragons sorry the dragons each have different abilities that they can use against each other and the ships and whatnot. Um, like not every dragon has fire. Some have wind. Some some have big claws that they can do like piercing attacks. And it's just such a variety of dragons. That would be such a great game. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jacob? I mean, it sounds like a better version of uh, Divinity Dragon Commander, but, you know, that's... Uh, admittedly, yes, with more focus. Though, exactly, honestly, yeah. in general, I feel, like, I feel like a turn-based boat game is something that should exist more in general. I can think of half of one. Like... Like another one I was going to bring up, kind of going in that vein, is either the Horatio Hornblower series or the Aubrey Maturin series. Oh yes, that would be nice. Yeah, like like you had. There are quite a few Age of Sail games, which is good, but they're not really they they don't really have a narrative to them. You know what I mean? Uh, they're. Go ahead. And they don't, and they don't get the the, the, the feeling right, in, in my opinion. A lot of them don't. Uh, a lot of them don't. A lot of them are very pulled back, war gamey things. Like a lot of them don't put you on the deck and have you make the moment to moment decisions that a captain would. A lot of them don't. I, I mean, there 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 are some that do, but but much more of them are more tactical and less personal. And and that's why I think a game based on either the Hornblower series or the uh, Aubrey Maturin series um, would be amazing. And I'm honestly shocked, given the popularity of both of those, that there haven't been. You know, I was just thinking of the, of the beginning of the of the movie Master and Commander. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. 
serious. One of my, probably my favorite war movie is Master and Commander. Probably. Cause it's just so good. On like every level, that freaking movie. I still find it hilarious that they had to change the nationality of the enemy ship. Uh, I know. <laughs> they did? What? Yeah, in, in the in the book, the enemy are the Americans. But they couldn't have that for an American movie. Yeah. So, they, they, so they changed it to French. They changed it to the French. But they said that the the ship was built by the Americans. Yeah, it's basically an American ship. <laughs> but... Yeah. Honestly, like considering the time period, it would be more likely to be the other way around. It was a you know a French ship crewed by the Americans? So I'm pretty sure that actually happened in the in in the, in the, the War of Independence. Re- recall, yeah, it was it was built uh, by Americans, uh, but what they said for the movie was that it was built by Americans, and then it was commissioned for the French. Apparently, okay, cool. Uh, that's dumb, but okay. Uh, yeah, that is probably the weakest part of that entire movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I still have to read those books, by the way. I'm about to start. Um, I haven't read them yet. Uh, what I would think would make a great movie along that, a uh, great game along that, if you took the Master and Commander series but instead of the age of sail set it in like when humans are just voyaging into space, like for the expanse. Ooh. So, uh, instead of sailing around the horn, you'd encounter people sailing toward the moon, toward Mars kind of thing. Or sailing around uh, the, like the asteroid, the asteroid belt. Kind of got that. Did we? Uh, in a game called Children of a Dead Earth, but that one is a bit more of a straight war game than any yeah. kind of. Yeah, that game is anything. Like I love it. That game is amazing. I think is is not what what uh, truly meant in meant in the, uh, right now uh, because it's a very hard sci sci fi game in in my opinion the the best hard sci fi uh, war game uh, that you can get right now and. Uh, but I think uh, Julie meant something different. No, she did. Yeah, she did. Thorst- I did. Thorsten's right. See, what to me, what made Master and Commander great was it had nothing to do with the combat whatsoever. It was how the people were explored, uh, their lives, and it would be the RPG part of it that I think would be really great. Oh, totally agreed. No, I th- I think what I think what uh, Jacob was saying is that there is a game in a similar setting. Like early part of the exp- early part of um, space flight, that sort of thing. Yes, but but um, a different focus. But a different focus. Yeah, Children of a Dead Earth is uh, entirely a battle game, entirely a war game. Uh, but we're mm-hmm. talking about more of an RPG, more of an exploration type of thing. More and, like Pulsar, but with a bigger crew. Yeah, like an actual ship crew, like a like a, 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 a but a much smaller focus, like the solar system. There was gonna be a game like that. There was gonna be a game where it's focused solely on the solar system, and like tri- like 
it was going to deal with t- things in real time. You I mean you can accelerate time, but like the further you got away from things, the longer it would take to communicate back and forth. And there was going to be there was going to be a game like that that I cannot remember the name of. But I it, can't help you. I'm afraid it never came to be. Like it, there were it was it was in in the early phases. I think there was a failed Kickstarter for it. But um. Yeah, no, I, I, something, something along, something along the lines of master and commander, but in the solar system, mm. well, we did have treasure planet. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's a completely different. <laughs> but thanks for mentioning the expense. Uh, that's, that's another one. Uh, I'm, I'm quite surprised. Uh, there hasn't been any game uh, uh, made so far. That's a good point. That is an excellent point. The book series is so popular and the show is so popular. Even if you just made like, and you can, and you didn't have, you wouldn't have to make this big sprung thing. You could take a slice of the book where you're Amos kicking the shit out of people and make that into a game. Yes. And just, I would just, just, just that. Uh, <laughs> just do Voyager elite force, except it's the expanse. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make it, make it something like that where you're Amos just kicking the, Hell out of people! I play that. Just, just Mortal I, Kombat, Amos. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Doors and corners. <laughs> or maybe, or may, or how great would a prequel game be where you're, uh, where you're Miller as a cop? You know, like actual actual space cop Miller. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. Like, like, yeah, yes, yeah. living actual living space cop Miller. Yes. <laughs> that would also be great. Yeah. Like there are a lot of possibilities for a game set in the Expanse universe and nothing. Did you did you know that there have been two attempts at a Firefly massively multiplayer online role playing game? I've heard something about it, and I've heard it, and I know it went exactly nowhere. Yeah, they yeah. both went yeah. nowhere. <laughs> On our podcast, the, the other one I co-host, a uh, friend of a friend was one of the developers, and we had interviewed them, and because of a whole bunch of problems, they had to like start all over with their game, and yeah, then it just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that, yeah, it was. It's so funny that there are two of them, two attempts, and both times they just went, <laughs> it just, just kind of fizzled out. Like, still don't get that. Really, still I don't, don't either. Get that. I don't either. How can you? How can you blow this? <laughs> I I don't know because the Firefly universe would have would have also been a great uh, computer game. I mean, they made a role play. They made a pen and paper role playing game out of it. That I actually that was the last role playing game I ran, actually. Yeah, I feel like that should be that should be topic number two uh, TRPGs based on the space games because there's a few of those. Yeah, the the game that was going to come out that was going to be like a mobile game. They actually had the original cast members, and you know some of now since gone like Ron Glass is dead now, but they actually had the original cast members signed up to uh, do the game the voices. Crap. And that's that sucks. Uh, yeah, it's 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 it it is baffling 
that there have been all these great properties that we love, like The Expanse, and and someone in the chat brought up uh, Farscape. A lot of people love Farscape. I know that. I never got into it myself. There was actually a Farscape game. There was. Oh, there was. Uh, there was. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, there was like one. It was a it was a flash in the pan kind of licensed game though. It it didn't oh. really go anywhere, and that's why people don't remember it. Oh. But yeah, it did exist. Huh. Okay. I I had no idea. Got to look that up. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, no Stargate games. Like, what's oh, up with there that? There were attempts. There were attempts, <laughs> and one of them actually did get licensed. Uh, but again, that was a flash in the pan kind of thing. Uh, oh wait, isn't one coming out from the Slytherin folks? Aren't we getting one now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They announced it, and then we haven't heard anything of it since. <laughs> it was announced only what a month or two ago, though. So. No, no, it was longer ago than that. It was way longer ago than that. Yeah, it's Stargate Timekeepers, apparently. A real-time strategy game that, uh, 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 we have no, we got a reveal trailer. That's something. Yeah, it was announced in May. The reveal trailer is what I was thinking of, because that was was more recent. It was announced in May. Uh, Yeah, we got a reveal trailer and information that it's going to be made by the lads who made uh, Battlestar Galactica Deadlock, Deadlock. So admittedly, it is in good hands. Yeah. I would. That's because that the, game was good. That was a great game. I would not imagine, though. Um, I've, for some reason, when I think Stargate, I don't think real time strategy. Like, well, that's fair. Well, the, the if they're focusing on space combat, which they absolutely could, then yeah, it would work in the same vein as Deadlock did. Hmm. Okay. I mean, the reason yes. why, from what I'm gathered, that this is because part of the development team actually was also uh, there was a rather big, big Stargate mod for Homeworld Two, and apparently part of the de- development team is shared with that. So that's why they oh. went for that genre, presumably because we're talking about people who already have basically made the same game before in a different engine. Oh, okay. And again, yeah, Black Lab, the folks that made. Battlestar Galactica Deadlock, which why aren't there more games of that? I don't know. I mean, we have two. Uh, or no, three. Two good ones. Three. Three. We had three. Um, uh, why aren't there more games of that? I don't know. But Deadlock was admittedly great. So that's encouraging. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird there are, are not other series. What was that? Nothing. Sorry. Oh, I thought someone said something. Um, it was going to be the Stargate Worlds series and the the only game. And the only reason it stopped was because of a lawsuit between people over who actually controlled the IP at the time, is my understanding. Oh, sick. The usual. Oh, that's usually what kills licensed games in progress is license licenses. Games. Yeah. <laughs> the licenses themselves. I mean, there was a game that I that I had been a closed beta tester on that never got made into fruition because they. Well, I'll tell you what it was. It was actually based on the Mummy series. What? Yeah. The Brendan yeah, Fraser it, one. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, it was being developed by Big Point, the uh, the German company who also made Battlestar Galactica Online. 
Hmm. So I got I got uh, pulled into the the closed beta testing on it, and it never went anywhere. It was an ARPG Diablo style. Oh wow! With, yeah, with uh, that setting, and it never went anywhere. Oh, that would have been great. I could so easily imagine the Mummy series being this great Diablo style ARPG. But it wasn't. Well, oh, it, it, wasn't. it was never to be, sadly. Well, uh, no, I think they they went as far as they could with it, and they realized that it wasn't actually all that fun. Oh. So it was uh, a different problem. Like, we're not actually yeah. missing out, at least not from that particular development. I, I can safely say, as someone who is who spent many hours closed beta testing, no, it was not that fun. So you're not missing out. It would have been forgettable. It would have been uh, heavily cash shop monetized the same uh, way that they did with the Battlestar Galactica Online uh, had it made it to fruition. And it also would have been browser-based. Oh. So, uh, even more so. It was this, Such was the style at the time, I believe. Yes. Yes, very much. Yeah. Since Spaz brought up monetized... Uh, I just wanted to interject here that my favorite licensed games, and one I actually have a lifetime subscription to, but when I see what's happened with the Star Wars and Star Trek game and the extreme, the, the loot boxes makes me want to just like bring one up from the ground when I see somebody depending on whales to finance a licensed game. Just charge me a subscription and be done with it. Wait, what, which they, game? They've what, realized sorry. they've realized that that model doesn't work as well because although the although the uh, the number of people who actually pay in is it's a it's a fluctuating number, the fact that there are whales who will just to not have to grind as much pay as much as they do that's enough to convince the shareholders this is what we want to do, and that's what the, why they go with these tactics. What? It's unfortunate, but that's that's the way the people at the top think will make them more money, and it unfortunately is true because people keep falling for it. Well, a good example of what you just said in Star Trek Online is I got a friend that just lives for this game, and soon as Star Trek Discovery came out, he had to have the sarcophagus ship, and he spent like $70 opening the little loot boxes. But if he was just willing to be patient and play the game, by the end of a year, he could have had it for free. So, I, you know, it just loot boxes just really irritate me, and I hate to see that in any licensed game. Or yeah, probably any unfortunately... Game. Unfortunately, it is also a way to sell it to the license holders of a way that they will make a lot more money off of the the selling of the IP. Ugh. Yeah, you're not wrong. It, it's game development by by shareholder committee is what it comes down to. And that also kills a lot of licensed games too because the shareholders don't think they're going to make enough money off of it. So they get unhappy and that kills development. Yeah, I think that's the main, the primary reason.
Yeah, the 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 license holders themselves are the primary reason there aren't a lot of licensed well, games. It also depends on on who has the license, who's you know who's being sold the license, and the developing the development company and their shareholders because they have to convince the shareholders that this is a good investment in the IP. Mm. So it's so much back and forth between who has the IP, who's developing the game, who the, who they're marketing it to in the end and how much the shareholders are, are thinking they're going to get as their return on investment. Mm. And if those all don't match up, you don't get a game. That's a good point. On the other hand, uh, you get uh, games like the, the two uh, ready games uh, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes that works out because they the shareholders know they're going to make a profit, but also because they leave the development team alone and let and, them do what they need to do. And also the guy that created the company is also the guy who plays Riddick, so... <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> I mean... I mean. <laughs> He's a, apparently Vin Diesel is a huge video gamer. He's a huge gamer in general, apparently, and uh, Good. and that's Oops. one that's one of the reasons. Um, but then then you wonder why every Fast and Furious game has been terrible. So it's like, what's going on there? <laughs> Part about I wonder if isn't when I interviewed Paul Barnett once he talked about fight when he was talking about financing of the games he was involved with. And I know there's a lot of tendency for people to say, Oh, Paul Barnett, but, uh, he said in the companies he dealt with, like when mythic was an actual thing, uh, he would say he, people would see the success of world of Warcraft at the time when it had more players in Switzerland. he said, he called it a fluke of nature because, uh, investors that he dealt with would see that success and say, gee, I want to duplicate it. And he'd say, there's no way you're going to duplicate that. Everyone wants to be the next Call of Duty. Or the next Dota or the next World of Warcraft or the next this and that. Yeah. Or oh, um, the next Warhammer 40k, 40K game. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's a that's a that's a whole other topic is overused licenses. Like I I love Warhammer games, but but God, how many good ones are there? I, I'd say one in four, <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe even that. I feel like might be highballing it, especially for like forty k specific. I don't know. I do like a lot of them. Uh, I'm 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 fairly easy to please. Like I loved. Um, What's that Necromundo shooter that came out recently? That was really good. Uh, Hide Gun. Yeah, that's really good. Um, but then you had that tactical Necromunda game that came out, I think, late last year. That was not very good. Why? Um, yeah, yeah, that game wasn't good at all. Um, but God, there are so many Warhammer games. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like it's it's a setting with so much potential for good games that no one seems to bother tapping into for some reason like yes yeah it's a game with so it's a setting with so much variety it's got literally freaking, it's got freaking it's got freaking insane super soldiers it's got every conceivable like 
it's got every conceivable like style of military combatant from the from like from like 1850 onward. Uh so you could make any conceivable shooter or strategy game. Yeah. Uh I, you could genuinely like there's so much you could do with it. And no one seems to bother with it. I mean, I not think only I, such, not, not only such, you, 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 you've, you've got to imagine uh, the original was a, a game about traders fighting each other over loot. The original Rogue Trader. Nobody does a Rogue Trader game. Yeah, no, despite the fact that it would be the best thing ever because you'll... Because you're lit, because Rogue Trader would just be you're in charge of a cathedral sized warship. Enjoy. Wait, what? What's right? Wait, wait. What? So hang on. What is Rogue Trader? Uh, okay, let, allow me to clarify. Originally, the first edition of uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand was called uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand Rogue Trader, and it was actually a tabletop RPG that later got developed into a into a war game. In setting, Rogue Traders are basically people who, are basically people. Who, uh, who serve the Imperium of Man, and by serve I mean don't, and by don't I mean they basically got private ownership of a big, of a massive, of a massive vessel, and the and the carte blanche to do whatever they want with it. Oh, okay. Uh, which, which, which has theoretically infinite potential. Because you are literally an indep- because you are in the- literally just an independent uh, patient, uh, independent agent, motivated motivated by capital alone, in ownership of an in ownership of a of a city sized warship, and can interact with, and are, and are one of the few things that can interact freely with any aspect of the setting without immediately getting shot. I think the only rogue trader I've seen in any forty k game is. In uh, my favorite ARPG ever, Inquisitor Martyr, the, yeah, the, you you get a ship. Your you your ship the is a rogue, ferrying you around. Yes, yeah, is a rogue trader. The person ferrying around is a rogue trader. I think that's the only time I've ever seen that in a forty yes, k game, despite them being blatant like uh, game material. Because again, literally, you can do anything. You're an independent agent with your own ship, your own crew, and your own sick desires. Go ahead, make your day. So I read, uh, some, I heard somewhere, and I think it's I was I I watched a video about like an intro video into forty k into Warhammer lore and forty k lore. And doesn't Warhammer have more lore to it than both Star Wars and Star Trek combined? It's been going on since the seventies, yes. Yeah, and 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 so, but it seems like a lot of Warhammer games, and there are a lot of good ones. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of them don't like seem to take full advantage of. They really don't. No, like my favorite. That's, wa- a, that's a primary problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my favorites have been like Battlefleet Gothic Two and Inquisitor and uh, Dark Omen and a bunch of the old SSI games. But there have been so many games that just kind of do don't- nothing with the. With the massive setting, and now that GW has re uh, has reengaged its its stranglehold over its IP for reasons unfathomable, uh, the chances of us getting more more good games is technically higher, but also by process of elimination less likely. It's less likely that the IP will wind up in someone's hands. Full stop. Mm. 
That's discouraging because I I do love good I, Warhammer games, but like, what are we getting in terms of Warhammer games? We're getting Dark Tide, uh, which is Vermin Tide in 40k. Yeah, again, you made a horseshoe in Warhammer. We actually had a few of those already. Maybe um, this one will be good, but not exactly untapped. It's not exactly uncharted territory. If, if, uh, if we're just maybe. sticking, if you're just sticking with 40k, I really don't know what else besides that is coming down the pike. I mean, we have yeah, to- because yeah, that's it. That covers yeah. it. And okay, Total War Warhammer three, but that's fantasy. That's fantasy, and but that's that, that's it. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's a that's a property that needs some refinement. Like, I guess that's another topic. Like, there, there are a lot of games have been made with a specific property, but have they all been good? Have they all been worth it? And I guess the question for Warhammer is not really. Uh, I mean, the answer uh, is, yeah, I, I love Warhammer games, but there are just they're not all very good. So that's that's a, I guess the same with Star Trek and Star Wars, too. Like there are a lot of games for both of those and they're not all very good. Yeah, because a lot of them. OK, carry on. Uh, that was something uh, I wanted to mention. Uh, you got a lot of Star Wars games, but uh, in my opinion, they aren't really for me. Yeah, they aren't really for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, the whole universe is so large, and uh, they concentrate only on on, on this fight uh, of, of good versus evil, and that's a bit sad for a bit sad in in, in my opinion. Yeah, I you think. Could, that- do so much with this universe. Well, I think that's one of the reasons the Mandalorian is so popular because so before that, rarely did we see like the fringes of the universe as much as we have outside yeah. of outside of expanded universe, which has been butchered and decanonized. Which, how? <laughs> I yeah, I, that's a, I mean that's a separate reason almost. for why all of that has happened is because because uh, so much of that has changed as to what's canon and what's not. Yeah, yeah. and Most additionally... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Even Clone Wars and Rebels and such like, still showed us more that big good versus evil, big, you know, galactic... But it, it's it's nice that we at least get the Mandalorian, which shows us a little more of an intimate side of the universe. But the games don't really do that very much, if at all, really. Well, um, you know, this is why it, when Battlefront 2 came out, I played the campaign because I was really interested in the characters. But then when it came to the PvP part, I just lost interest in it almost immediately. Yeah, well, is it because you don't have an interest in PvP or is it because they've done it so many times before? No, see, the, what it was is the, the the outer space part of the combat, it just got, it was like the same thing over and over and over. I've done PvP and I did enjoy the outer space part, but, you know, it was like after I've done it for a few hours, it was like, oh, it got to be drudgery, but I really like when they explored the actual characters. Yeah, that is, that is a thing. Star Wars is very character driven. And when you take character out of it, it doesn't do as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Shame. Um, okay. So is there anything else anybody want to talk about? Uh, there was one I wanted to mention. Go for it. Oh, go ahead. It's a, uh, I, I'd mentioned this in, in our admin chat uh, while we were prepping for the show. There is an anthology series, a fantasy anthology series uh, called the Thieves World books. And they're written as short stories told by various storytellers, as in different authors, realistically speaking. But all these different storytellers are telling this these tales of a city called Sanctuary. And you have all these different factions from the the priests who are who live on the avenue of temples, and they're all trying to curry favor with their own gods and and they're trying to compete with the other with the other temples out there you have the prostitutes on the the street of red lanterns as it's called uh in universe you have a prince who has been assigned to the city and he's now trying to gain order in this city that is populated by all these different thieves and merchants and everybody in between. And depending on who's telling the story, the perspectives can change and events may seem to conflict with, with the events given by other people before they could be describing the same event, but because an author's perspective can differ and what you consider canon isn't really canon because it's all a matter of perspective, so to speak. There's a lot of lore underlying all of that and a lot of potential for world building that I would love to see in more games. You know, if you want to put it in space, set it on a space station. You could transfer a lot of the factions over and conflicts over and it would still work. It got... uh, two or three TSR uh, workbooks or not workbooks, but uh, world books uh, crossing over with D&D and it got a board game called Sanctuary by uh, Mayfair Games which got a re-release oh, 20 or odd years ago but there's been no video game adaptation to my knowledge and there's nothing quite like it That sounds like a really great setting for any kind of game, really. Yeah, I mean, it would be yeah. a, good, a good fantasy game, too. Right. I mean, you could even set it in something like Babylon 5. And many of the factions would be much the same. <laughs> or Deep Space Nine, for that matter. You know, trade out the Street of Red Lanterns for the Hollow Suites and, well... There you go. Street of Red Lanterns. <laughs> the very literal red light district. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else anyone else wanted to bring up? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I just want I just want to close the circle and return to, to a, a few book series that uh, offer unique uh, 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 settings like uh, the Alliance uh, Union uh, uh, novels by C.J. Terry or uh, the Umanx uh, series by 
bei allen den Foster. Und, uh, they all offer uh, uh, unique settings. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of those those, those uh, let's say older older books uh, are very very well developed in 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 many ways. And uh, I wished game develop game devs would be uh, would be a, a, a bit more. Uh, courageous and and, and 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 take a look at those uh, at those settings I, I mean some some do uh, especially the uh, especially indie developers uh, do that but uh, we don't get any 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 triple a uh, titles from the direction or even double a yeah it's 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 a shame that there are all these there are all these uh, IPs out there with all this potential that just isn't getting anything in terms of video I, games. I've got, I've got to say, I, I, I understand the, the, uh, the, the big uh, game studios uh, that they don't do it uh, because it's 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 a risk, and they uh, they don't they don't take those risks. It's it's uh, it's, a, it's 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 a thing of money. Think yeah. I actually had one more I was gonna throw out there. Okay. It's it's effectively a dead IP, unfortunately. Uh mainly because the the owning uh company is been out of business since its lawsuit with FASA. Um so no, actually no. That would be Exo Squad. That's the one I'm thinking of. And it's actually related to Robotech because oh, because its its uh, follow up season was going to be a crossover between Robotech and the Exo Squad property. However, the lawsuit with FASA happened, and that killed the possibility of that because Playmates went out of business. Now, to be fair, there were a couple of console games that were made. One on Genesis, and if, actually, I think there was only the one on Genesis. Now that I think about I th- it, I think you might be right. Yeah, I played it on emulation a little while back. It's hard. Yeah, a hard game. <laughs> and, and and there was a board game adaptation. What? Which I own. Yeah, I actually own the board game adaptation of it, which is weird because it was a board game made by committee and it has no game developer listed credited on it, uh, which is, it's kind of weird, but I guess that's the way that worked with some licensed properties back then. Uh, they just didn't, they didn't go ahead and, and decide to put a designer credit on there. But, uh, but that's one where you would have, so much lore to work within. You could have varying gameplay. You have the exo frames, which are very close to power armor, as used oh. in many other properties. You have space battles, which could feature them as well. Uh, ships of the size of carriers. You had so much to work with. Yeah, and, yeah. If folks, well, aside if you, from the one game, <laughs> if you haven't, folks, if you haven't seen Exo Squad um, in America, at least it's now streaming on Peacock, which is shocking. Because um, for a while, the Not only familiar, there I say, the only the, for a while, only the first season was available on uh, DVD. 
Uh, but now Peacock somehow has both seasons. Um, and season two is like three to four times the size of season one. <laughs> season one's like 13 episodes. Season two is like 50 episodes. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lengthy cartoon and it's really good, especially it's, for, it got early, very dark. At certain so parts dark for, especially for an American cartoon in the early nineties, it got really dark. It, um, and it was heavily anime inspired, which is one of the reasons why it, it trended toward an older teenage audience Yeah, or who they marketed it to. Yeah. I, I watched it. I watched the hell out of it back in the day. As did I. Uh, oh, so good. But yeah, that would have been a great, great series of games. You could have had a game just about the exoframes. You could have had a game, you know, just about being in a gorilla on Mars. You know, uh, God, so much potential with that one. Now I'm angry. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, if if someone uh, was able to get that license and then. Well, you get the game license for it. Ugh. There could be some so much to work with, but so much. Alas. Well, if I win the lottery, that's what I'm doing. Exo Squad game. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. If I ever win, I'd have to play in order to win. Uh <laughs> and the only the only winning move is not to play. Yes. Uh so does anybody else have anything they want to bring up? I'm good. Me too. All right, I guess. Uh, all right, I guess we will end it there, my friends. Um, next week on the show, we are going to have well, not our first guest, but for this particular iteration of the podcast, our first guest. Uh, next week, um, a little while back, uh, you all you might all have heard a game of a game that a lot of us love called Hunter Net Starfighter. Well, the wife of the developer of that game clued us into another game called Fly Dangerous. Apparently, in Elite Dangerous, there's racing. Apparently. There but, is? What? Yes. But apparently, it is entirely player run, uh, and you have to go out into the universe and find it. Uh, there's no official racing in the game. It is completely player run. Oh, uh, it's not mechanized. Yeah, I see. It's yeah, I, I know. Again, another opportunity lost, but some, but in a way, not so because uh, a lone developer has taken that concept of space and vehicle racing and is making an entire game out of it called Fly Dangerous, which but you can it. which you can download now to try out. The early version is on itch.io. Uh, right now, let me put a link. The hell is it? Where is it? I had the link a second ago. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, I'll put it in the chat. You can download an early version now on itch.io to try it for yourself. We're going to have the developer on uh, of this game next week to uh, talk about it. So our first uh, guest together, you guys. Very excited about that. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, very lively chat. Again, thank you so much for everyone who hung out today and uh talked in the chat and gave us some stuff to talk about uh, great chat today. And uh, with that, we will see you back here next week. Same bad time, same bad channel to talk about fly dangerous. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye.
Bye.